Oh, um, hey there. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different this week because the movie that we were going to watch, um, I ended up rewatching it and, uh, you know, w- w- with the discussion on Asian violence and stereotypes, we decided to switch out the movie at the very last minute. So, hi, I'm Nito Kitchen. On tonight's meeting of the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, we look at the eye candy that is Wong Kar Wai's Happy Together. I actually watched this movie in college in Hong Kong cinema, and it was just a blast to watch, especially seeing some queer representation overseas. And I feel confident saying that I speak for everyone on this podcast when I say free Hong Kong and stop Asian hate, especially in the queer community, a community that's all kinds of people coming together to support each other through tough times and fight injustice. And speaking of coming together, I really could not do this without my amazing friends and guests. And since I'm going to be on vacation next week, I thought I'd throw all of us a little vacation party. So please help me in welcoming three of my favorite tourists. First up, we've got the queen of disposable cameras. It's Amelia. Hola, estoy Amelia. And I need to know, can you tell me donde esta el bono? <laughs> Anyways, I can be found on Instagram at the nefarious navigator. Next up. <laughs> next up, you don't need currency when you have I, style. It's Mel. I have... 16 different fanny packs and inside each of those fanny packs is another fanny pack even i think maybe i have too many fanny packs come see me and my many many fanny packs on tumblr perhaps it may be dragons finally they know just enough native language to know where the library is it's wrong hello my name is ro when is the next train when is the next train? You can find me on Facebook at SusQueen. There isn't a train because we're in Canada. <laughs> There's no subsidized rail system in Canada. <laughs> Not with that attitude. <laughs> anyway, let's get started with our first game. Wong Kar Wai should we care about this film? Wong Kar Wai is one of those directors that other directors rave about. The kind of auteur that made independent films that were so amazing studios went, yeah, give him more money to do whatever he wants. As such, it's important we learn a bit about Wong Kar Wai in order to understand his style. The winner gets to choose where we vacation next. You know the drill, seven questions, three choices, but only one correct answer. Everybody ready? If not too bad, let's go! Question one. Junking Express is one of the two films that Wong Kar Wai is most known for and has inspired other directors including one who can be seen in a 12 minute intro raving about the film. Who was that director? Is it number one, Eraserhead director David Lynch, number two, Pulp Fiction director Quentin Tarantino, or number three, Edward Scissorhands director Tim Burton? Yes, Amelia. I can see all three of those guys uh, ranting and raving, but (laughs) is it uh, Quentin Tarantino? That is absolutely correct. I hope one day a man talks about me the way that Tarantino talks about Juan Carwai. In addition, the DVD is marked as Quentin Tarantino Presents Chunking Express, like they were afraid it wouldn't sell without his name, like it was some kind of subtitled foreign film that was really long. Why is Quentin Tarantino the rantiest and the raviest? Because it's fun, Jan. (laughs) I thought that Nato was about to say... Uh, for one day, I'd like for a man to talk to me the way Quentin Tarantino does about himself. <laughs> I think if someone's that obsessed with you, it's time to run. Speaking of running, let's run on to question two. Wong Kar Wai's other big film was In the Mood for Love, which famously every shot in the first 12 minutes shows a framing device like a doorframe or others. But another interesting thing about this movie is what? 
Is it number one? This film is actually told in reverse and can be recut to tell a completely new story. Number two, this film was originally filmed in 3D, but the gimmick was scrapped due to quality concerns. Or three, this film took a whopping 15 months to make because Wong Kar Wai started with an outline and then worked with the actors to create scenes on the fly. Amelia? Was it one? No, you're thinking of Christopher Nolan's Memento. Yes, Rose? Is it, uh, the film took 15 months? That is correct. Hey. 15 months, that's almost as long as my average relationship. <laughs> but really, if you're going to watch a film because you want to see something gorgeous, go check out In the Mood for Love. It is one of the most eye-catchingly beautiful films I've ever seen. Speaking of eye-catchingly beautiful, it's question three. Wong Kar Wai is absolutely known for his visuals and his experimentation. This happens during pre-production, post-production, and production production. You'll see shots bathed in a single color, distortion of time through frame bending, frame stepping, slow motion, and his love of mirrors, and there are many, many, many other aspects of both his and cinematographer Christopher Dola's style that bleed through his films. But what is a very quirky and unique choice for his films that I forgot to mention right now? Is it number one, his films incorporate American pop songs quite a bit, usually to highlight emotions? Is it number two, for a while he was the only director who would shoot on video for its quote, gritty and real quality, or three, none of Wong Kar Wai films actually take place in Hong Kong. Yes, Mel? Uh, Number one uses the American pop songs. That is absolutely correct. I mean, we did just watch a movie called Happy Together, which is obviously named after and features a song Happy Together by the Turtles, so, you know. Well, if that isn't a big giveaway, I don't know what is. (laughs) I want to be in a group called the Turtles. If only you were turtly enough for the Turtle Club. Anyway, let's move on to question four. The Oscars are often seen as either an out-of-date circle jerk of old white guys or an important marker for progression of cinema. What has Wong Kar Wai gotten from the Academy from these choices? Is it number one, three nominations for best foreign language film but no wins? Number two, In the Mood for Love has the honor of being the first foreign language film to garner a best actress nomination for a non-English performance. Or is it number three, a blog post called an Academy salute to Wong Kar Wai to promote an advanced screening of 2013's The Grandmaster? Yes, Ro? Is it... Uh, three best foreign film nominations and no wins? It is not. Ah, dang it. Amelia? Is it two? No! It is literally the blog post, which is a bunch of pictures that all have the subtitle An Academy Salute to Wong Kar Wai before it promotes an advanced screening of the Grandmaster that did not receive the nomination for Best Foreign Language Film. Only for Best Cinematography and Costume Design, but come on! <laughs> Give him something! So they're just like... Hey, Wong Kar Wai, we see you. Hey, kiddo, you want an Oscar? We're not going to acknowledge you, but we see you. <laughs> Some of the best directors just never get nominated. I, I, I don't know how. I don't know, but I found out something interesting about him now. Huh? Is uh, Wong Kar Wai and I have the same birthday. Ooh. Oh. Oh, there goes a tiebreaker question. Oh, well. Moving on to question five. Wong Kar Wai's iconic scenes wouldn't be possible without the visionary cinematographer Christopher Doyle, who hasn't worked with Wong Kar Wai since they had falling out during the filming of 2046. Known for the incredible detail and emotion he puts into his art, what did he say of the classics In the Mood for Love and Chungking Express when he was interviewed for the website The Film Stage? Is it number one? He called them a waste of time. Number two, he said Chungking Express was his all-time favorite film he shot. Or three, he finally apologized for the falling out with Wong Kar Wai and offered coffee. Yes, Rogue? Um, everything is screaming that this is not the right answer, but I'm going to go with coffee date, because I think <laughs> it is not. <laughs> I knew it. Yes, Mel? Uh, coffee was going to be my guess, too, so... 
Um, I guess let's say that he's whatever number two was. So you're going with he said Chunking Express was his all-time favorite film he's ever shot. Yes. Because the other answer is sad. Let's go to the entire quote to find out which answer was correct. Next year is the 20th anniversary of Mood for Love. If I didn't move on, where would I be? I think this is important for me personally. It's the same journey. I'm continuing it. I'm not stuck with Mood for Love. I mean, I'm very proud of it. But my next film is my best film. This is, again, what we're trying to talk about. I don't remember how I made Chunking Express. And and yet every single storyboard I've seen for the last 20 years includes images from either Chunking Express or Mood for Love. Pause. What a waste of time. Why don't you just do your own shit? I mean, I've moved on. He also continued... Sorry. He also called 2486 unnecessary, which... Accurate. Unfortunately, that means you're wrong. But you have a chance to catch up with question six. The last film that Wong Kar Wai directed was 2013's Grandmaster, which was a kung fu drama based on the popular martial arts icon Ip Man. But something got lost in translation when it was released in America. What was that? Number one, due to a misunderstanding, it got mistaken for a gay porno with the same name. Number two, the subtitle track was not included in the first run, leaving audiences confused and not knowing what they were watching. Or three, fearing Americans wouldn't sit through an overly two-hour subtitle movie, they cut over 22 minutes of it out. Yes, Ro? Gay porn. I'm sorry, for once, porn is not the answer. I knew it! I knew it, but I still went for it. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Dad. Uh, given my own ADHD ass, I am going to go with number three. The Amer- They were worried that Americans couldn't pay attention for that long and cut out 20 minutes. <laughs> you got it. Wong Kar Wai was initially excited to do the recut and address feedback from critics, although most people in hindsight say the 130-minute original is the best version. And now it's time for our final question, question seven. Most of the conversation about this movie has to do with Wong Kar Wai and Christopher Doyle. What isn't commonly talked about is the author of the book Happy Together was initially based on Manuel Puig's The Buenos Aires Affair. Sorry, apparently it's Puig in my notes. Uh, so Puig's other works have inspired films like 1976's Kiss from a Spider Woman, the first movie to win an Oscar for an actor in an openly gay role. What did Puig have to say about that film? Is it number one? In a bit of foresight, he said that the actor William Hunt was so bad they would win an Oscar for their performance. Number two, Puig caused some controversy by saying he would suck every Academy member's um, member to get the role nominated if he had to. Or three, when asked about the nomination, the famous recluse replied, Oscar? I don't remember him. Was was it well hung? Yes, Amelia? I want it to be three. It is not three. (laughs) Uh, Row. I want it to be two. You can want all you want, but your request has been denied. You're wrong. Oh, no! <laughs> we thought Hunt's performance and the movie was too conservative, preferring, preferring the Broadway musical adaptation instead. It also should be mentioned that some of the only things Happy Together has in common with the Buenos Aires Affair are in its themes and setting. So, that means that our game is over, and the tourist who chooses our next location is Mel! Hooray! Hooray! Please don't say we're uh, going to Legoland. Legoland. Let's go to Machu Picchu because it's fun to say. Hey, that sounds like fun. I want to befriend an alpaca. All right. Well, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be doing the summary this week because I just I'm selfish and I love this movie so much. Okay, so <laughs> you go for it. Nato. And what's more, what's more, I'm not gonna be doing any funny voices. So what? I, I know, right? <laughs> so let's just straight to it. 
Happy Together follows Phi after he gets abandoned by his boyfriend Po Wing and stranded in Buenos Aires. We follow his struggles to get back home, his interactions with his ex Po Wing, and his crush Chang. All of this in a very gorgeous film that grapples with your emotions as Phi grapples with his own insecurities, isolation, depression, and happiness. But I want to know your experiences with this film because I am obviously biased, but I also don't want to impact your thoughts too much, so just to start it off, I really want to know what you thought of the film, Mel. I enjoyed it. Now, it because I think all of us can relate, It's there are moments where it's a little hard to watch, where there are moments of, oh, why are you two still together? This is so stupid, which will almost inevitably lead you to think about that relationship you had where you maybe kept going back to the well after you should have walked away. Yeah, I think I think that was one thing that really stuck with me about this movie is that their relationship was kind of a universal experience. You know, I think it happened to be between two men in this movie, but it, it's an experience that we've all had where we maybe do something we shouldn't for another person. I think in Fi's case, you know, stealing that guy's money, like the his boss's money or whatever, and, you know, just taking <laughs> off to Buenos Aires with Poe Poeing, Poeing. Sorry, <laughs> uh, with Poeing. Um, you know, we've all been in that relationship where we just try to like stay away from them, but we stay too long and like can't really, you know, quit them. <laughs> I don't know how to quit you. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. But you know, like yeah, we've all. I think we've all been in somewhat of a similar like place where. Fi and Po Wing have been, which I really appreciated about this movie. And what about you, Ro? I, it does a really good job of showing w- what dependence in a relationship looks like and how you can become too dependent upon a person and how that brings out the toxic side of everybody. Uh, um, honestly... It this the way and it also has to do with the way the movie is shot I think, but everything in this movie, all the situations that the two main characters find themselves in, all the arguments that are happening, it all feels very real. Yeah, and you know what I mean. It really has to do with like the amount of commitment from the actor. Like their body motion, their language, everything about them. It's just like this is straight people who want to be gay parts. It's like you can you can act as gay people, just like fucking commit, you know. This feels <laughs> this feels authentic. You know, I think I think that was one thing I also really liked about this movie is that I I felt like the characters were very authentic. You know, like I think I don't remember what episode, but at some point we talked about uh what's his name portraying a gay character and how he overdid it. Oh, God, what's his name? I think he has, like, a nighttime talk show. James James Corden? Corden? Yeah, James Corden. And, like, how he overplayed the gay role or whatever that he had recently. In the prom, that's right. Yeah. And, like, I think that compared with, like, something like this where, like, neither character was, like, just this overly, like, you know, stereotypical whatever type of character. It was, you know, just two fucking dudes or people that like you know happen you to be in a relationship fucking? yeah like 
you know, it, it just felt very authentic. No, they yeah, they seem very normal. They seem like real people experiencing real problems. They don't they they don't come off as gay in right. like a stereotypically effeminate way. Although they are aesthetically beautiful people, I will say. Um. <laughs> I, I, th- I think that a lot of uh, my appreciation for this movie really comes out from just sort of like the contrast um, that it gets from other gay movies. And this is the reason why, like, I had seen like another gay movie and like uh, Brokeback Mountain, and I just didn't really like queer films up to this point in my life when I saw it. Because it's like. If you're gonna, there a lot of like the the films that I saw, like the majority of them were just like softcore porn, like without any like nudity in them. So and it's like if you're gonna watch, if you're gonna watch that, why not just go ahead and watch porn? This was one of the first ones that I really watched that made me just you know like stop and just go. This is a movie. Like this is a queer movie, and I love it so much. Like, another gay movie is supposed to, like, titillize you and make you happy and, like, uh, make you horny and stuff like that. And this movie is supposed to draw you into the story and make you feel the emotions that the characters are feeling. You're not supposed to be a voyeur. You're supposed to identify with the characters and be drawn in by them. It's an entirely different beast. And, like, this is what I love. Oh, man. That's awesome. I tell you what, like, the first, I want to say, 17 minutes or so is all in black and white, except for establishing shots. They spend an entire, like, two minutes filming a waterfall in these gorgeous blues and greens while this wonderful music plays in the background. And then after that, just back to black and white. Until the two main characters get back together again, and then the whole rest of the movie is in color. I mean, we could spend, like, a whole hour, I'm sure, just talking about the symbolism and the use of color in this movie. But it is just gorgeous. But it was very interesting how there were just I will some say that cuts much. to scenes <laughs> where there were just random sort of splashes of color. And... It was, it, I, I think it kind of helped to keep me engaged because there is the thing about dramas can be uh, aesthetically kind of boring, but they, it, he made some good choices so that he kept your focus on it. it. It's kind of sad to think that the best quality version that I have of all the different versions I have of this movie is actually like a Malaysian bootleg <laughs> without any subtitles on it. Wow. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I'm, I'm completely serious. You know, I feel like this movie, in more ways than one, just could not have been made, like, in today's time. Oh, no. It's it's too, it's too splashy. It's too, like, it doesn't have that digital feel that all the movies these days have. It feels too gritty and real. Yeah, it really does. It just feels like, it feels so alien from everything that we've watched so far, and I think that's the same kind of feeling that I had when I first watched it, right? Is It doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like But I'm a Cheerleader, or Dorian Blues, or uh, Nine Dead Gay Guys, or anything like that, especially not a queer duck. Um, and it just, it, it exists in its own world, with its look, and its tone, and its pacing, and its editing, and just everything. I think 
of the ones that I've seen so far, it probably had the darkest color palette. Now, I haven't been on every episode, so, you know, but the other episodes that I've been involved with, the other movies, all had really bright color palettes, like, in your face. Look at the yellows and pinks, and this one was much more muted. Yeah, I mean, I think the color palette in some ways, like, reminded me of, like, the... It reminded me of, like, Nine Dead Guys. Nine Dead Gay Guys. Um, you had, like, this very, like, gritty, like, almost storyline, like, gritty scenery. This gritty, like, toxic relationship. And, like, it's kind of all juxtaposed to, like, color. And, you know, like, I know... I, I feel like in... Um, yeah, like, the, the colors in in that part, like, that, I guess, second two-thirds of the movie um or last two-thirds of the, like it it's like hypersaturated. it seemed like almost to me um and it's kind of like jarring and almost like just i don't know it's interesting how it's juxtaposed against like the actual like plot of the movie do you think that the colors and cinematography helped out with the feelings of isolation and loneliness oh yeah definitely you could tell, even in the beginning of the movie, when they're trying to find that waterfall, um, they spend a, a fair bit of time talking about wanting to find this waterfall to to see it. And it's a beautiful waterfall. But um, the shots of them driving in the car um, around the countryside of Argentina trying to find this waterfall... Where you had, like, this tiny car in, like, the lower third of the screen and then just open sky above it. You really feel like, oh, wow, like, it's very kind of isolated. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think a lot of the shots, I feel like Wong Kar Wai really, like, there's a lot of framing he does where, like, you really feel like the character's isolated. Um, you know? He's kind of smaller. I think one really interesting one that I noticed was when Phi was in the kitchen, and I think he's talking to Chang, and they he framed them in, like, the circular window of the kitchen door. But, like, the way he's that they're spaced out and, like, the way that Phi is just kind of, like, the main focus there, like, you could feel, like, his isolation, like, right after that breakup with uh, with Paul Wing. I think this After is after his hands get better. I think this is also one of those one movies that I really don't want to get that too much into the plot just because I think this is a movie that you really need to experience. And at the end of it all, right? Uh this movie expertly shows how things can get hard, but if you keep at it, you can act real change. Speaking of changing, let's change things up as we play our final game, Gay Set Match. Two category, three rounds. Odd one out chooses the winner and the mo- person with the most points at the end of the game wins. I cannot speak today. Let's just go to category one. Even though Chang couldn't hear what Phi said into the tape recorder, doesn't mean he didn't say something. What was said into the tape recorder? Round one is Amelia versus Mel, with Amelia going first. So I actually really found that line that he said after sweet. So I would have him say, was it because we got too close when I hold you? I can hear your heart beating. Please don't go. I just... I'm just a big fan of uh, Fai and Chang. That's my OTP in this movie. Uh, I feel a little silly now because I'm not going to be so sweet about mine. I think that what Fai was doing was he was having a... He was seeing into the future and recording himself somehow singing Lady Gaga's Bad Romance as a reminder (laughs) to go back to Poe Wing. 
All right, Ro, that means you get to choose between a heartfelt sentiment or raw, raw, raw regrets. Um, you know, as much as I love Lady Gaga, I think that 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 I, I also think that that line is so sweet. So I'm going to have to go with Amelia on this. All right, Amelia gets a point. On to round two, Mel versus Ro. Mel, do you want to keep your choice? I, I'm going to keep my answer. I'm not going to talk. <laughs> All right, Ro, it's up to you then. Okay, I want to hearken back to the conversation that they had in the kitchen where Chang asks Phi uh, what kind of like women's voice he's most into. So I would have Phi... Um, just into the recorder, describe Chang's voice back to him. Aww. All right, Amelia, you get to choose between raw, raw, raw regrets and my impression of you is way better than Nate's impression of anyone. <laughs> as much as that is true, and I did, I feel like that sentiment was very sweet, and I would like to see it. I just can't. The Lady Gaga. <laughs> I have to do it. How odd. That how how odd a role reversal that you should go for the meme and I should go for the serious answer. <laughs> the raw 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 reversal goes to Mel. Tell me I'm wrong. No, and now we're on to the final round of this category. It's Roe versus Amelia. Do the, do either one of you want to change your answers before we go uh, on? Hell no. <laughs> All right. Well, that means that Mel, you get to choose between a heartfelt sentiment and my impression of you is better than Nate's impression of anyone. I'm going to go with the heartfelt sentiment. Uh, it was nuts. sweet. <laughs> and that means Amelia gets the point. We're all tied up as we go on to category two. One of the biggest arguments in the film is about a passport that Five refuses to give back to Poe Wing. My big question this round is what exactly happened to that passport? We're going to go in reverse order with Roe versus Amelia. Roe goes first. I want to say he put it in a plastic bag. Put that plastic bag in a Tupperware container, tied that Tupperware container to a rock, and threw it into a very shallow river. (laughs) Where the police easily found it. (laughs) All right, and Amelia, what's your choice? Uh, Yeah, I'm keeping it simple. I think we just sold it on the black market. Okay. All right, Mel, you get to choose between cry scene investigation or get me that cash. Uh, I'm going to go with Crisine Investigation, because he said he could get it back, but towards the end of the movie, he said something about, like, oh, I'd give it back to him, and he doesn't say they can't do it, so I'm, I'm going with the logic here. <laughs> very weird. Very weird, given the two choices. I think the you know, second one's actually you know more logical. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I thought it out a lot. It took me, like, five seconds, but I thought it out a lot. <laughs> and the point go. goes to Roe. All right, now we're on to round two. Mel, what did they do with the passport? I have that the secret was that Phi had actually lost the passport himself and didn't know where it was, and he just pretended like he was doing it intentionally because he was a little embarrassed because he would later find it sitting on their dresser two weeks later. (laughs) We're, like, in the refrigerator. All right, Amelia. Yes. All right, Amelia, you get to choose between I'm Losing Your Shit and Cry Scene Investigation. Pricing investigation. Hell yeah! And if you can tell from that, Ro gets the point. Yay! Anyway, on to our final round. Bro, you have to choose between Mel's I'm losing your shit and Amelia's get me that cash. Um, 
only because it's the most relatable answer to my personal experience, I'm going to have to go with Mel. The point goes to Mel, which means it's time for our tiebreaker category three. The drama. So much drama. Because this time I'm choosing the answer for category three. So tell me, my fellow tourists, this film has a lot of iconic and beautiful scenes, but what is the most iconic? What is your favorite scene in this film? We're going to go in random order, so the first person going is Mel. Uh, I'm going to be completely serious here, no joke. The moment where Chang is at the lighthouse and he's playing the recording that Fai made that was basically just him crying about it being the end of the relationship, like that scene got to me, and it just felt like... It ended the story beautifully. Like, uh, as I told you before, I do think that the film could have shaved a few minutes off and I would have been pretty content. I felt like that would have been the perfect ending place because at that point, you know, you he's giving away the emotions for him at the lighthouse so that he can move on. And it, it was just such a beautiful message to me of like, look, we've all been there. We've all been in that relationship. But you know what? Once you're strong enough that you leave it, you do get to heal. That's very. That's a very great scene to do. Um, next up, we got Amelia. I'm gonna go with the with the tango scene, but I feel like I can't. I feel like I can't do the one tango scene without the other because I thought I felt like they were they were kind of meant to be to, together almost, or viewed in like viewed together like the viewed as a pair. Yeah, viewed as a pair. Like he's doing the tango with okay, Wing, and then there's like that other one when he's all lonely and like mourning the well. relationship and he's doing the tango with that random stranger all drunk. Right, right. So I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and last up we got Ro. Um I don't quite understand why, but I'm going to go with, there's a scene in the very beginning of the film with Poling and Yufai standing on the side of the highway trying to hitch a ride back to wherever they had come from. And they're kind of far away from us. And the whole scene is in black and white, so the contrast between the two outfits is really, like, obvious. And I think the way that the two characters were juxtaposed in that scene really struck me, and it kind of gave me a real, like, impression of what their dynamic would be for the rest of the film. So that's why I'm choosing that scene. Oh, man, those are all so good. Uh, For the record, my favorite shot or my favorite scene in the entire film is in the back of the taxi after Po Wing uh, gets beat up and his hands get damaged and they're all bandaged. And they're just in the back there. They don't really say anything. And then there's just this, like, really human, really tender moment where Po Wing just, like, rests his head on Phi. Um, and it's just, it's just beautiful. Like the lights, the composition, everything about it. I just absolutely love it. But between these choices, I think if I had to choose one, um, I'm going to have to go with, with Mel because I feel like we haven't really talked about Chang that much. And I feel like he's really integral, uh, for, for, for Fi getting like his courage to actually get the hell out of there. Like he actually like energizes him to be able to escape this, sort of purgatory that he's in. So for that reason, that reason alone, Mel wins! Hooray! So tell me, Mel, are you going to stay happily together with this film, or do you think it deserves a permanent separation? I would say I enjoyed the film. I do recommend it. It's 
maybe not the most cheerful of the movies I've seen, but it's it's very relatable, it's very real, and it's it, it's enjoyable. That's one yes. Hey, Amelia, does this movie deserve a second chance, or is it just too toxic? Oh, no, definitely deserves a second chance. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It's a beautifully shot film. Definitely, yeah, watch it. <laughs> Finally, tell me, Ro, does this movie, did this movie get cheated out of the Oscars? Oh, absolutely. But um, I will say, I'm going to recommend this film for one reason and one reason only. Um, I want to preface this by saying I do not condone nor recommend the smoking of tobacco. But I find a person lighting a cigarette with another cigarette to be just about the sexiest thing in the world. And that is why I'm recommending this movie. <laughs> well, that's what we think, but if you've seen this movie or end up watching it later, we'd love to hear your thoughts and experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at GayCapod, that's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest a movie for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. Now, even the grace of films can be improved, so find out what our happy tourists would improve about Happy Together with our two Sinus reboots. First up, Amelia. Um, so this movie was pretty perfect, um... But I would actually change the ending ever so slightly so that Bai and Chung end up together. Because there's that part towards the end where he says, oh, I feel like I'm, you know, supposed to be with you here or whatever. So that would be kind of like the happy ending. Next up, we got our big winner. It's Mel. Uh, I wouldn't change much, but I would take the song So Happy Together and I would move it up to the very beginning to when it's you want people to think oh maybe they're happy together and then at the end instead of playing happy together we're going to play goodbye to love by carpenters and last but oh, never goodness. least it's Rogue. how could you make this film better than it already is um i kind of i would really be interested to see what would happen if you took all the black and white scenes and did them in color and you took all the color scenes and did them in black and white. Ooh. I'm Nito Kitch. Thank you for joining us. And remember, if you experience or have experienced hate against the Asian American or Pacific Islander communities, please go to stopaapihate.org, where you can get information, report incidents, and get aid. Be safe, be well, and stop Asian hate. Thank you, and have a great night. Mm-hmm.